Amen. I'm so glad that you're here today. Um, I can't, I know I can't see some of y'all, but I'll try to move around and see you. We're trying to capture it all online. Um, and we welcome our online being with us today. And we're excited about what the Lord is doing. This is Unlocked Leadership Edition. That's the name of this uh, group and this event. And we come together. I started at women's men and conferences back in 1997, so I've been doing this a while. Some of those years I've hosted two and even three women's conferences. And um, I'm going to see if I can move this thing so I can see y'all. I don't know if that'll work. I'm sorry. Can you move it? There we go. That might work better. Okay. If I want to, yeah, that's good. Okay. You can click that too. Okay, sure. Yeah. Okay, no worries. So back in the year 2000, God laid it on my heart to do some mentoring women for ministry. And then it, I did that for one year. And then it was time for me to transition to do something different. And so um, I walked away from that till the Lord told me to start it again. And at the end of 2019, of all times as we went into 2020, that's when the Lord laid it on my heart to branch off of my Unlocked Women's Ministry uh, conferences and to start Unlocked Leadership Edition. So these gatherings typically begin right on time at 12. We end at 1 because there are a few people who come on their lunch break. Sometimes we go a few minutes over 1, and if you need to stay and, and you want to visit, you don't have to rush out of here at all. But you, I just wanted to let you know, if you need to leave at any point, you're not going to disturb any of us. Uh, we want you to be blessed with what you're doing. I'm going to pray over your food. Father, we just thank you for this time to come together. I know Bethany actually already prayed, but we're blessing this food again. In Jesus' name, amen. I do this all the time. My family teases me all the time because we pray over everything a bunch of times. I could do, like my grandson... Uh, my four-year-old grandson now is praying over the food, and, and his, he's changed his prayer to where now he says, Lord, please heal the food. So if, if anything's wrong with it, it's going to be healed. <laughs> anyway, so that's what we're doing here today. We're gathered together, focused on all these things. Bethany put together a little slideshow while we were, those of you as you were coming in, you may or may not have noticed it. We are a very active ministry. We have a a lot of awesome things going on and scheduled year. And if you don't have a church home, or even if you do and it does not conflict with your church events, we invite you to come and connect with us. And we welcome each of you. We've got people here from every walk of life. We've got women in business. We've got women that are inventors. That We've got women that are retired. We've got realtors. We've got a state representative here. We've got pastor's wives. We've got all of it here. And so we're, we're excited about it. I'm going to do my best to address several things. And there's a slide that I have that goes through some of my, our, uh, my upcoming calendar dates. Um, this, past, this past weekend has been super busy. I had the honor to preach at my son's uh, daughter-in-law's women's tea. There were 400 women there. It was awesome. And we had a great time. And then uh, today, of course, is the luncheon. But... I want to tell you, if you're looking for a road trip, I'm very honored to be one of five ministers who will be speaking at a conference in Atlanta, April 22nd and 23rd. 
So I've got that information there just in case any of you were interested. We will have a lunch and it will not be dealing with any business principle focuses. It would just be a fun and ministry luncheon in New Orleans at the Kenner Airport Hilton, Saturday, April 30th. And we will focus some of it towards Mother's Day. That will be two weeks before Mother's Day. And so I just wanted to share that with you. And then also our next luncheon here is May the 23rd. So if you want to on Monday, May 23rd. Okay, I'm going to move along here. My women's conference is in July. We'd love for you to come. We don't always bring in guest speakers. Sometimes we do. We're bringing in Robin Bullock. She is the wife of Robin Bullock. <laughs> so it's easy to remember their names. <laughs> she's the pastor of their church. He is not the pastor. She is. And she's awesome, wonderful vocalist and musician. So she will be ministering along with Bethany, my daughter-in-law, Rochelle, myself, and a team of women from our churches who are powerhouses. Okay, let's get into the Word. I've really sought God, and typically what I do is I start um, as a John Maxwell coach. I believe in success in every aspect of life. And so I try I typically start these meetings off, and I deal 30 minutes with business and 30 minutes with preaching or teaching from the Word. Today it's going to be all conglomerated together. So we're starting with the Scripture because the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me about three weeks, and then I got your text Friday, Melissa, and, <clears throat> and I just felt like, okay, maybe some of the answer will come through today. I don't know. But Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. My focal point is this. And if you put a title on this, it would be, Let This Season End. Yeah. Let this season end. You know, let it go, let it go. You know, we want to focus on that. But we are holding on to things so long. If I stay in my past, I'll never fulfill the destiny that the God has for me. If I even move to my current situations and I plant my feet and I stay right here, I still will not achieve what God has destined me to accomplish. But I've got to go through those processes, learn from the past, let it go, learn what I need to in this season and be productive in this season, but not get stuck. I've got to let all of this go, let this season end. So I can go forth to what God has for me. The Holy Spirit has ordained a divine destiny for each and every one of us. He has a purpose for our lives. That's why we are still here today. My mother sitting right here, she has been a pastor's wife. She just finished publishing another book. And she will be 78 in a few weeks. Huh? 87. I've inverted those numbers. 87. 87 in a few weeks. And about... 16 days or something, I don't know. Anyway, I'm not, doing the, I'm not doing well on that. But anyway, but, you know, she's carrying on the vision. And she tells me, well, she'll call me and she'll say, I prayed for so-and-so today and I called so-and-so and I ministered to this one and I did that. And she'll say, I guess that's why the Lord still has me here. If we are alive and breathing, we still have purpose. To everything, there is a season 
and a time to every purpose under heaven. Now, those of you who are in business, we're going to talk a little bit about timing and about gumming. There are times scripture and through some practical application to trust the timing of God. Trust the timing of the Holy Spirit. And Melissa, I know you'll probably have to leave to go back to work. I'm not telling you that this season, the Lord's saying this season has to end, but I'm saying be open to that. He will show you. You're tapped in, you know. He will show you. Um, sometimes what appears to be dead is simply preparing for a new season. I wish I could say that was my own quote. It's not. That's from uh, Princess Sassy Pants. <laughs> um, it'll be on a slide up there. Some of y'all said you liked it if you want to take a picture when Beth's, Beth's trying to run the whole show here and take care of the baby, as she always does. I couldn't do anything without this girl. Uh, but uh, I'll just show you this quote because I think this is really powerful. Sometimes what appears dead is simply preparing for a new season. Be ready to embrace the new. Be ready to embrace the new. Now it shall spring forth, the word says. Amen? But we must be ready. And we'll read that verse in a little while because there's some real challenges. That's an encouraging verse. But there's also some great challenges in that verse. Let this season end. The word let is defined to not prevent. So don't prevent this season from ending. You know, we can do that. We can get in the way. There are people, I'm sure you've known some people, some parents that... They kind of like babyfied their children when they were raising them and they didn't really let them grow up and mature the way they needed to, you know, kind of a selfish way of an approach at parenting. But sometimes people just don't want to let go of their, their kids. They don't want to, they don't want to, you know, let that season end. And so we have to be cautious with that. Let this season end. To let means don't prevent it from ending. Give permission or an opportunity and allow it to go forward. This is uh, some strong statements here. The wrong action at the wrong time leads to disaster. The right action at the wrong time leads to resistance. The wrong action at the right time is a mistake, but the right action at the right time always leads to success. I'm going to read that again because that's very strong, very powerful. The wrong action at the wrong time. This is why timing is vital. The wrong action at the wrong time leads to disaster. The right action at the wrong time leads to resistance. The wrong action at the right time is a mistake, but the right action at the right time leads to success. The law of timing re requires the following components, understanding, maturity, confidence, decisiveness. Oh, some people, you hand them a menu and you might, as the rest of us have finished the meal before they even, they can't even decide on what they want to eat. You know, you, you've got them in your life. You know, you want to pull your hair out and maybe theirs too. It stresses you big time. Decisiveness. We've got to be decisive and we can only be decisive again 
if we're yielded to the Holy Spirit. Some of you in this room, under the sound of my voice, have some huge decisions to make. Some of you, it's just light decisions as you're going through life. But some of you, it's huge decisions. Let the Holy Spirit bring you to a place where you can be decisive. Why are people sometimes undecisive? Because sometimes it's because of a, a lack of self-confidence. A lack of self, they're afraid they'll make the wrong decision. They're afraid they'll make the wrong choice. So they never do like Peter did and dare to step out of the boat. So they never know that they could walk. They'll never know that they could fly. They will never experience those opportunities. The law of timing also requires experience, intuition, and preparation. I mean, if we just look at the story of, of uh, Esther in the Bible and the time of preparation, we just had season of Purim, you know? And so we're in this season and it's a time of preparation for what God is leading us into. Successful leaders must have the knowledge, intuition, and maturity to know when a decision is right. The confidence and decisiveness to act with intention and the experience and preparation to back them up. The law of timing and leadership, to make the law of timing work for your business, you need to evaluate your leadership strategy. In one of these meetings a few months ago, and if you go to our Unlocked Leadership Edition Facebook page, all of the teachings are on that page. But we dealt just with the topic of strategy. We talked about the life of the prophetess and the judge, Deborah, how she had a strategy. She didn't just randomly go out to war. She chose specifically from the tribe of Zebulun, the tribe of Naphtali, and there were reasons why she chose those to go with her as she went into the battle. And she, she chose Barak, and Barak said to her, he said, I'm not going to go if you don't go. And so they went together, but she had a strategy. Sometimes we get great ideas from the Holy Spirit, but we get so much zeal and so much excitement that we just rush out there trying to do things when we've not taken time to seek his face and to get a strategy. There's got to be strategy. So to make the law of timing, because we're focusing today, I know if you had to come in a little late, so just to recapping, we're dealing with timing and how we need the discernment of the Holy Spirit to find the right timing for everything we're doing, whether it's in business, whether it's in ministry, and whether it's just in your home. Leadership, we're all leading somebody. To make the law of timing work, you need to evaluate your leadership strategy. Don't just fly by the seat of your pants into doing things that God ordained you to accomplish. Seek his face. It'll take some time. It'll take being quiet in his presence sometimes. And it doesn't just mean hop in the car and run to every prophet that's around to get a word from them. As pastors, my husband and I, my daughter, her husband, we all flow in the prophetic. And we have for years. But there are times God tells us not to give a word to somebody. They got to find it on their own. You got to seek God on your own. Again, just like the inner healing group I told you about 
It got to where they were codependent on each other and on their leaders and on that meeting, and their dependence was not on God. We've got to be the same way. Our dependence cannot be on the next prophetic word coming along. Now, I'm going to be really candid here and tell you that when 2020 came along and the insanity and, and demonic activity that ushered not only into our nation, but into the world and into the leaders and to governmental positions, etc. All of that that happened and that came in, it brought all of the body of Christ to a place where we were saying, God, what are you saying? We kind of felt like people feel sometimes where, where they, they will go through a season of, of feeling like, you know, um, In the Old Testament, it would say there was silence in the land. It means there was no voice of God. If you've studied the Old Testament, you know what I'm talking about. There were seasons where it was there was no voice. It was silent. And they were, nobody was, no prophets were there. Nobody was giving them direction and telling them what to do and telling them the next step. And we kind of felt that way. What's going on? What do you mean? We can't go out of our house. One of the people that always watches this is my friend in Canada, Tressa. I remember Christmas came 2020. And she's like, they won't even let me go out of my house to buy scotch tape to buy Chris, to wrap Christmas gifts for my family. Her son-in-law is a pastor. And you, we've seen what happened to Canadian pastors, one of them. You know, there was a lot of publicity about it, you know. And so we've all been impacted by these things. But I'm giving you a word of caution because we kind of developed a mindset that now all we want to do is sit at the feet of the prophets and chase the prophets and watch everyone that we can find on the internet or on a television broadcast and they're not all speaking the same thing and it is creating so much confusion in a season where the body of Christ needs to come together. This is the precise reason that so many Pentecostal churches and preachers have taken the prophetic and they've thrown it out of the churches because people will come in and see, notice, recognize a gift, but many times they abuse that gift or they will then, you know, you get into a position of limelight and pressures on them. So then they feel like they've got to come up with another word because the people are pulling on them wanting another word. So I'm issuing a word of caution. Be careful. Be careful. Timing is everything. And the voices that speak into your life, that you allow to speak into your life, into your purpose, into your destiny, is everything for you to achieve your success. So be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Seek his face. Ask him, who does he want to be voices that would speak into your life come in alignment with them and let the holy spirit rule and reign in your life when was the last time you considered the timeliness of an action or idea if you have a history of failed projects ask yourself if poor timing could have been the culprit behind that not sure what timing has to do with it all well when considering past times things in your life and your business didn't flow the way you wanted it to? What were the market conditions at the time? Could the venture have been profitable if it was launched earlier or if it was launched later? See, you might not be as profitable if you start that business too soon, if you step out too soon. 
Maybe you need to wait. Delays don't always mean, you know, that you're not going to fulfill things. It just means that there's a delay and we have to trust God's timing in the things that we're doing. So could the venture have been profitable if it launched earlier or later? And what was the state of your business at the time of the launch? Here's some components of right leadership timing. I'm gonna stop for just a second. Um, Melissa, is anybody sitting on the right of you? The next time you have an idea, ask yourself these few key questions. Now, those of you that are inventors, entrepreneurs, leaders, do you fully understand the situations before you? And are you doing this for the right reasons? You know, there are some people that'll start a business, they'll go out there, they'll get themselves in financial bondage, and it's not even the right reason. They felt pressure because of this, that, or the other thing, maybe because of an individual maybe because of a word they received and they acted out of timing so make sure you fully understand the situation you're moving forward you're doing this for the right reasons do you believe in yourself and your decisions y'all this is vital i can tell you as a pastor if garland and i didn't believe in ourselves and if we didn't believe in the decisions we're making while we're leading the church then every time someone disagrees with us, we would be so overwhelmed that we would want to throw in the towel. And pastors leave churches all the time. Churches close down all the time because of this very reason. They don't fully believe in themselves and in their call and in the decisions that God has given them to make in the leadership of that flock. So you've got to get to that place. This applies in business as well. You've got to believe in your product. I'm sure you're like me. You've gone shopping before and you walk into a place and you can ask a question. Well, well, what about this? Well, which one of these items is the best between these two? And you can tell the salesperson doesn't know anything about the items. Oh, I really don't know. Well, I really can't recommend one over the other. Well, if you don't know, I sure don't know which one to get and you want me to spend my money to buy this item and I don't know. So you've got to believe in yourself and believe in what you're selling. Can you win your employees' trust? Oh, wow. If you're going to be a leader, you've got to be able to win the trust of the people who are following you. And trust is not commanded or demanded, it's earned. That's in a marriage that's with parenting, that's with your best friends, that's with your mother, your daddy, whomever, your siblings. Trust is earned. And many times so much damage happens through the years and the course of life that that trust can never be re-earned. You may still love that person, but you can't trust them again. So make sure that you live your life and you lead in such a fashion that your followers feel security about you as a leader and they trust in you and the decisions you're making. And this is not <clears throat> on the slide, but create an atmosphere 
that if your employees or your followers that you're leading have questions about what you're doing, that they feel open enough to come to you and say, we don't understand this decision. We're not trying to question you. We're sure the Lord gave you insight on this. Can you please just sit with us and help us understand? The average person makes the right decision if they're given the facts. But when we don't take the time to educate people, it even parallels with the scripture. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge, the lack of understanding. So if we, if we don't take the time to give them the facts, to teach them, then we have no right to be frustrated with them when they make the wrong decisions. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Have you taken your experiences into account? You know, God allows us to have all these experiences. Take it into account as you lead. Hopefully, we've learned from our experiences, the good, the bad, the ugly. Thank you, honey. Hopefully, we've learned from all of that. Are you listening to your gut feeling? Well, what I would say is, are you listening to the Holy Spirit? I got this is from my John Maxwell coaching notes right here. And he's making it applicable to all denominations. I'm just going to go on my Pentecostal you know, rant here and say, are you listening to the Holy Ghost? Because that's going to be your gut feeling. The Holy Spirit gives us checkpoints along the way. When we start to do something that's out of line, when we start to engage with a business partner that's not the one that we need to be connected to, when we start to go on a date with somebody, if you're single in here, I don't know. I don't know all of you. So, you know, he will give you checkpoints. And if you want to call it a gut feeling or call it the Holy Spirit's quickening, whatever you want to call it, be sensitive to that. Have you done everything you can to prepare your team for success. As I said, the Holy Spirit's given me a clear word for some of you in this room. I speak it over this nation. Let this season change. Let it end. Enough is enough. We've had enough. Amen. It's time for us to rise up as a body of believers and embrace the newness of what God's wanting to do in this next season. That may be a parallel with your home life. It may be with your business. Maybe with your personal life. I don't know. But it's time for the season to end. The Holy Spirit. My husband asked me. He said, what did you just on the way over here? He said, what did you, do you decide you're speaking on today? I said, let this season end. I can't get away from it. The Holy Spirit just keeps telling me. I said, I know there are people that are needing to hear this. So I'm speaking this prophetically to you. Because it's what the Lord mandated me to say. Let this season end. It might be relationships that you've been in that you need to walk away from, that you need to sever ties with. It may be time for you to change your career, change your employment. It may be maybe the time for you to start your own business. It may be the time for you to pursue the invention. It may be the time for you to write the book, sing the song, record the album. Amen. Whatever it is that God's put in your heart, let the season that you've been stuck in end. And move forward. Psalms 8, four, verses 4 through 7 says, What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you've crowned him with glory and honor. You've made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. And you've put all things under his feet, all sheep, oxen, and even the beast of the field. We're going to focus for a minute on this 
You have made him to have dominion. He's made us to have dominion over everything. If God gave us dominion over the works of his hands, which is what we just read, not the work of our hands. We have dominion over that too because we're free will agents. But if he gave us dominion over the work of his hands, then we can certainly delay or prevent things on this earth because we refuse to allow our season to change. Y'all, that's so frightening to me. You want to know something I'd be afraid of? Is being so stuck in a rut that I don't allow the Holy Spirit to transition me to the next place he's prepared me for and he's leading me into because I allowed myself to just get stuck. So we can delay or prevent things on the earth by not allowing our season to change. Why would we want to hold on to something God is done with? Why do we do this? For example, a business that's no longer making profit, you might need to stop and analyze that. Why are you holding on to it? If it's not making a profit, if it's draining you, if it's keeping you stressed out all the time, it's wearing you out, and that stress will carry into every relationship, your marriage, your family, your home, your interaction with your children, and that stress will affect everything. Or maybe it's a hobby that brings pleasure or it's relaxing. And that's a good thing. We've got to take time to relax. I have been told. I don't do it, but I have been told that. And I know a lot of people that do take time to relax and they seem pretty happy. But you've got to find balance in everything. We don't want to hold on to relationships that are not conducive to where God's taking us. That's not just a dating relationship. That's your friends. That may even be your family. You may have family members that just don't know how to speak life into what you're doing. Every time you're around them, they're going to try to <clears throat> speak something that creates confusion or discouragement and makes you question yourself, question your actions. Then when you're around them, don't talk about your vision. Find those who will support your vision. Get around those people. And let them encourage you and let them pray with you, intercede with you for God's direction in everything you're doing. God did not create us to fail. He created us to thrive. He created us to prosper in every situation to the point that all will see our profiting. So we have to shake some things in our lives and in our world to make sure that we're displaying the benefit and the graciousness of God. And letting others see that he has met our every need. He has supplied everything that we need. Don't be afraid of the unknown. Usually we can continue to hold on to things we should let go of. Because of fear of the unknown, we're afraid to let go. We might miss our next season, though, if we don't let go of our current season. I know I sound redundant with this, but I'm driving this home. I want you to leave here with this in your head. I want you to weigh it out at night. I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, is the season I'm in, is it supposed to end right now? For some of you, it's not. Some of you, you're just getting a fresh start on what God's birthed in your spirit. But there are some of you, it's transition time, honey. And it's time to let go and get, get loose from the comfort zone 
and let God do what he's designed to, 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 to do in your life. What was profitable in the last season, y'all, if you hold on to your last season, what was profitable in the last season will not be profitable in this season. So you're going to be spinning your wheels like that hamster, just spinning your wheels, you know, exhausting yourself. What was profitable in the last season will not be profitable in the next season. What worked in the last season will not work in the coming season. So let it change. We need to prophetically discern the times and seasons we're in and move with the Holy Spirit. If we're holding on to things that God's finished with in our lives, we're missing God's next for us. Additionally, if God said let it go, then we're walking in disobedience if we keep holding on. I don't want to walk in disobedience to God. Then we're holding on in our own strength and not in his strength. So we don't have his blessings on what we're doing because we're walking in disobedience. Then when everything goes wrong, what do we do? We cry to God. We go on a fast. We ask the intercessors to pray, you know, and, and we know clearly we're walking in disobedience to what he told us to do. And then he's no longer in it if we're walking in disobedience. Those are the things I would be frightened of. I don't want to step out of his will, his purpose. If God's speaking to you today, remember two things. It's God that opens doors and God that closes doors. God can open or close the doors, but he won't make you walk through them or walk away from them. That is your choice, meaning you also can't blame others. Look, all of us have come from dysfunction. I came from a great godly family, but some dysfunction was in there. My, my, my grandfathers on both sides of the family for a season of their life were alcoholics. Okay, that's some dysfunction. And it manifests in the next generation in a variety of ways, maybe a workaholic or various other aspects that it will manifest in. So we understand that. So we've come from these things. And so, but we got to where we are all guilty at times of playing the blame game. Well, this wouldn't have happened if, you know, da-da-da-da, you know? I mean, for Garland and I, we lost our church. Our home was messed up. We had a wonderful facility on I-10 near Lake Lawn Cemetery in New Orleans. Many of you have been there to that facility before. And on three acres of land, nobody gets three acres of land in New Orleans. It was a wonderful property. We had 12 and a half feet of water, which I guess is about as high as the ceiling. And it stayed in that church for three and a half weeks. When we finally were able to access and go into the building, the, the baby grand was turned upside down, the Hammond organ floated way over here, the Leslie speakers. You know, the only thing that did not move was the pulpit from where the word of God had been preached. It was still in the same exact spot and the glass of water with God knows what was in that water, Lord Jesus. But the glass for the preacher was still sitting there on the shelf. We still use that pulpit at our campus in New Orleans. It's been, been through a lot. It's a very expensive pulpit and we're happy to have it. It was given, donated by a dear friend of the church when my father was the pastor. 
before he turned the church to us. And then we began to branch out and start another church and online ministries, etc. And so anyway, we're, um, I, I don't know why I segued to that, but I just suddenly felt segue there. But we could allow, I know why, because we could allow ourselves to sit in there. Now, I will tell you, Katrina has become a defining line in our, our life. For most of you in this area, the flood of 2016 has become a defining line. And for people this past August 29th, many, Hurricane Ida is now a defining line. Well, before the hurricane, well, before the flood, well, after the flood, we redid the house. Well, before this, we lived over there. And then after, it becomes a defining line, whether we want it to or not. But the thing is, we can't stay in that aspect. You know, Garland and I have never seen many of the people we pastored, never seen them again since Hurricane Katrina. And that was in 2005. I'm connected to them on Facebook. They still call me pastor and Garland pastor and they write us and they ask us for prayer and we stay in touch with them. Some of them, because I guess they were accustomed to us, they haven't found church homes, even though we encourage them to, but they'll watch our ministry online and stay connected to us that way. Some of them are watching right now. And so we can let those defining moments in our life control us if we're not willing to say, God, you knew this was going to happen. You allowed this to happen. And you equipped me to every adversity I will ever encounter. So you knew Hurricane Katrina was coming. You knew the flood of 2016 was coming. You knew, you know, I, I was talking to Shelly that night while that flood was happening. And she's like, the waters rise and the waters rise. And it's up to four feet in the house. You know, they have riding on boats into their house to get out of their house what they could salvage. I mean, and I know you relate. Many of you relate to this, what I'm talking about. And so... So we know God, God knew these things. God didn't bring them. But God allows testing to come in our lives in seasons so that we can grow and mature in those seasons. Amen? He, he, it's a test to see what are we going to do with it and are we going to let the season go, learn from it, but move forward. We must release what was in order to lay hold of what is to come. It's not always comfortable to let go of things, especially if it's been working for several years. You know, we had it all figured out. We got this thing working, you know. We don't need to change it. You know, why would we change it? It works. We, you know, you don't fix it if it's not broke. But it's also not comfortable to go in a direction that is no longer God's way and that he's not leading. Sometimes we hold too tightly to a particular season. We have to be able to discern when it's time to hold on and when it's time to let go. And you can do that by... Look, I'll, I'll, wherever, down to Bayou. And I remember after Hurricane Katrina, Malloy on Grand Isle, their, um, their camp was not destroyed. Although so everything was destroyed down there. And she offered, and we all went down there, and we stayed in their camp for a few days 
she said, come stay down here. You need a place to stay closer to home because we were living in Arkansas part of the time and commuting and then living in Vicksburg part of the time and commuting. And it was a lot. She said, well, come down here. You'll still have a little trek to go back up the road to the city to preach, but at least it'll be a little closer. And so we did, you know, but sometimes you have to pack up your tent. We did not know in 2004 or the first part of 2005 that by the time the year came to an end, we would be living in a halfway house for women who get out of prison. And that our kitchen table was going to be a picnic table that every time we sat down at it, we ended up with stickers in our you know, rear ends. But we were thankful for that picnic table. And we were thankful for those beds that were pieced together from leftovers from here and there, not really beds, just box you know, we call box springs and mattress and covers and whatever. We were thankful for it. And we lived there for six months. And we were happy to be there. You got to pack up and move on. If where you are is not working, if it's stealing your peace, if it's robbing you of your joy and preventing you from fulfilling the destiny God purposed for your life, baby, it's time to reassess things, figure out a strategy, and move on. Now, Paul said, I've learned in whatsoever state I'm in, therewith to be content. He didn't mean if you're in California or Mississippi or whatever. He meant whatever situation arises in your life, if you allow the Holy Spirit to do that deep work in you, you can find internal peace in the midst of chaos. But if the chaos around your life is controlling you and you can't fulfill the God-ordained destiny for you, it's time for assessment of your life and everything attached to it at the feet of the cross in his presence and let the Holy Spirit give you wisdom and direction. Follow his presence. In the Old Testament, when the Lord's presence would leave a particular place, if we were to abide in his presence, we must follow even when we cannot see what is ahead. How many times we all feel like we're walking blindly? Cannot see what's ahead. Oh, this blind faith. Whew. It's rough. It's no cakewalk. That's where faith comes in, and faith will carry us through. And you think about Lot's wife. God had sent a great deliverance to Lot's entire family, yet his wife. <laughs> she missed it. Because all she could do was look back. She refused to even look at the present and her family. And like me and my family are being saved. We're getting out of here before God's wrath and judgment is outpoured. She couldn't even see that. She couldn't even embrace that. Because she allowed herself. It's a choice. It's your choice. It's my choice. She allowed herself to be so controlled by the past. Even in the New Testament, it says, remember Lot's wife. God wants us to learn from that. God wants us to learn from this experience. She was told not to look back. If she had kept her eyes straight ahead, kept walking forward, she could have walked into a land of protection, provision, and blessing. But she didn't. And that's precisely where her journey stopped prematurely. Ladies, I don't want to see your journey stop prematurely. I want to see you fulfill what God called you to fulfill. God provided awesome things for every one of us. 
But it's up to us. Will we walk by faith and allow this season to end without clearly seeing what's ahead of us? Will we refuse to delay the changing of seasons? Will we give permission to allow the seasons to change? It will require an act of faith and an act of our will. That's all it takes. I simply have to say, Father, I don't see what's ahead, but I trust you and I let this season change. May it change now in Jesus' name. Sometimes letting go means you give up your rights and you allow God to be your vindicator. Don't resist the change. Your resistance prolongs the process. Your resistance prolongs the process. I've got just a few more things I'm going to read and then I'll dismiss in prayer. Discerning the times and season, it isn't always easy to transition from one season to another, even in the best of circumstances. Even great blessings can bring difficult transitions. Look at people who win the lottery. Okay, now don't go out of here saying she's promoting the lottery. But I have had people come and bring lottery tickets to me and say, would you pray over these? Because if I win, I'm going to buy a church for y'all. And I'm like, well, the Lord will use the wealth of the wicked for the righteous. So yes, indeed, give me those tickets. Let me pray for them. Where's the anointing oil? You know, I'm not telling you that. But how many people have you seen that won the lottery and then nothing? They're broke. Professional athletes, movie stars, you know, singers that made their, you know, their name and they were famous and whatever. And they've lost everything. So sometimes what can seem to be a great blessing can bring difficult transitions. You know, when those things happen, just so when y'all get you, when your boat comes in with all your money on it, okay, just know that Pookie and them are going to show up and ask for their portion because they really believed in you the whole time. They believed your business was going to be the best one. They were right behind you the whole time. You know how it is. That's why we got to stay in prayer. Lord Jesus, help us not to slap this person, you know. But anyway, the key to transitioning well is to first discern the change in the season. Seasons may change, winds may blow, but God is the God of all seasons. This is a seer and a prophetic type of anointing I'm fixing to talk to you about. It's contained a good measure. It contains a good measure of spiritual discernment and revelation. Why is it still important for the Issachar anointing? Because that's what we're talking about. Issachar, the sons of Issachar, knew the times and seasons, but they knew what to do with them. It doesn't do me a bit of good if I just know the times and seasons. I got to know what I'm supposed to do with this and within this time and season. Why is it still important for the Issachar anointing to be relevant today? First Chronicles 12.32, and of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the time to know what Israel ought to do, the heads of them were 200 and all their brethren were at their commandment. Issachar's name means he will bring reward. Men, a person, a, a, and, and, and it's also a woman. And I do know what a woman, I know how to define woman. <laughs> Understanding, to separate mentally, to distinguish, to be cunning, diligently, deal wisely, and be prudent. Times. Fortunes and occurrences. Fortunes mean success, prosperity, estates, possessions, and wealth. Occurrence, I'm breaking down the verse, y'all, <laughs> is an event, an incident, happenings, a circumstance. To know means to know or ascertain by seeing, seeing in the realms of the spirit. The Hebrew word know in this verse is yada, which is a word that means God gives personal understanding and revelation 
and is not a knowing that comes from reading a book, for example. By virtue of this name, Issachar, we see that those who walk in the character and the calling of Issachar bring a sure reward to the Lord as well as a reward to the vineyard in which they are working. Y'all, that's right there. I know I've been talking a long time, but grab that. We see those who walk in the character and calling of Issachar bring a sure reward to the Lord as well as a reward to the vineyard, to your business, to your ministry in which you are working. That's what a vineyard represents. A vineyard represents your livelihood, your, your source. That's what a vineyard represented. In the Old Testament, they talk about you know, the slothful man in the vineyard. They talk about, you know, there's a lot of references to vineyard. It's talking about a vineyard is your place of productivity. Okay, moving on. Their mind is cunning and they're able to mentally distinguish between that which is wise and unwise. I don't want to be looked at like it says in Proverbs as a silly woman. I want to be wise. Amen. And we, we have to sharpen ourselves to be wise. They diligently pursue understanding needed to live well before the Lord. Issachar's men and women receive understanding from the Lord himself because they know God in an intimate manner. Because they are wise and prudent, Issachar's are able to perceive and seize opportune times of success and wealth. Because they see the opportunity, they know and discern the times and seasons, and they know what to do with them, so they therefore can be profitable. This thing that is also needed to sustain revival. I didn't say to have a visitation. Garland and I were on the phone with someone the other day, and they kept saying, well, revivals come to an end. Every revival comes to an end. And we said, well, no. That you, no, every revival comes to an end, and we need to accept it and face it. Every no. I believe there's coming a move of the Holy Spirit. I believe it's already begun. People are crying out for God like never before. People are seeking his face. Intercessors are seeking his face. We're getting ready to usher in the end time harvest, end time revival. No, they don't all come to an end. But it takes an Issachar anointing to sustain a revival. That's what I want to do. I don't want to bust my behind, working, praying, conducting services, week after week after week, pouring myself, my energy, my heart, my time out to others and not see a result. So I want to know how to sustain the move of God. And the way you do it is this seer, prophetic Issachar anointing. Study about it when you're home. Study about this. There's not a lot in the scripture about it. You may have to do some online search and go back to what I said in the beginning. Be careful who you listen to. Every voice out there is not being led by the Holy Spirit. Okay. The anointing that births kingdom financiers who are able to find wealth and offer it back as a sacrifice to God. This, anoint this generation needs to become wiser and more strategic in their thinking. God's calling for an increase of his government throughout the world. He's busy training those who are willing to be stewards of wealth and to not be selfish and greedy in the process. So what season is it now?
a season to re-envision and to dream big or to dream again, because some have given up on their dreams. A season to release another generation into the end time purposes. A season to make bold requests at the throne room. A season for those who believe in God to do exploits. Isaiah 43, 19 says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? Whew. I hear people talk all about the time, all the time about the spring and forth, the spring and forth. But I get stuck on this. Shall you? Oh, Father God, Holy Spirit, I don't want to not be aware when your spirit is moving, when a new opportunity comes, when a door is open before me. I don't want to be one of those that you're looking at and saying, I gave you a move and you didn't even know it. You didn't even have a clue. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and a river in the desert. Just because one chapter may have come to a close, it doesn't mean it's the end. Keep turning the pages. Your story is still unfolding. You cannot start the next chapter of your life if you keep rereading the last one. Every day, every one of us is given 24 hours, 14,400 minutes, 86,400 seconds. What are we doing with our time? And are we trusting the timing of God, seeking the Holy Spirit to give us discernment? God has perfect timing. He's never early. He's never late. It takes a little patience and a whole lot of faith, but it's always worth the wait. Isaiah 60 verse 22 says, When the time is right, I, the Lord, will make it happen. But again, he won't supersede our will. Stress makes you believe everything has to happen right now. Faith reassures you that everything's going to happen in God's timing. So sometimes God closes doors because it's time to move forward. He knows that you won't move unless your circumstances force you. We would have never moved out of the New Orleans area, ever, if Katrina hadn't forced us out. Therefore, we would have never started a church out here. We would have never met many of the beautiful people we've had an opportunity to meet. That wouldn't have happened. So I can either sit there and just say, oh, poor pitiful me, and we're going to throw away all of our furniture. Y'all, that, that year, that February, we finally had bought furniture for our house. All those years, we'd been married almost 25 years, and all those years, we had hand-me-downs from this one, that one, and the other one who didn't want their furniture. That's what we had. Beautiful home, but we just had never invested in furniture. We just had bought it all that February to throw it away in September. Never got to enjoy it. It was difficult. I could stay thinking about all that, but I'm not. I got to move forward. And you know what? There are people waiting on me. If I don't move forward, some of them may not find their destiny because God has anointed me to touch their lives. And that applies to you. So as long as you choose to stay stuck, who all is not going to walk in their destiny that you were destined 
to reach and touch and impact. Trust the transition. God's got you. I got just, uh, I think, two more slides. Thank you, Alexis. Time is free, but it's priceless. I like this. Y'all probably want to take a picture of this. I didn't write it. That's great. You can't own time, but you can use it. You can't keep time, but you can spend time. And once you've lost time, you can never get it back. Our dear friend, Prophet Kim Clement, said this, and I use it in most of my meetings. I did as I was the leader of, uh, of Christian Women in Media, and I'm doing it in these meetings as well. He said, you have the power to say, this is not how my story will end. It's in your hands. Father, we thank you for this time we've had together today. Thank you for these wonderful ladies who've come to spend an hour of their day with us, Lord. Father, we thank you that they are women of vision and of passion. They love you. They put you first place in their life. They're running hard after you. And God, we thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for drawing them here today, Lord. And Father, I pray blessings upon each and every one of them and those, those that are tuned in online, those that are watching live now and will watch later. Lord, I speak blessings over all of them and all that they set their hands to accomplish. May your Holy Spirit grant them wisdom to how to handle every obstacle and every challenge that comes their way. You destined us to walk in success. And Father, we're embracing that, Lord, and we're embracing the move. Lord, may we each walk with that Issachar anointing, Lord, to understand, to be a seer, to let the prophetic flow through our lives, although we're not all prophets, but you gave that gift. You said covet to prophesy. May we all seek your face so that we can flow in the realms of your spirit and touch the hurting people that we come in contact with every day. Lord, we say yes to you, yes to your will, yes to your purposes. I pray health and strength, wisdom, open doors for every person under the sound of my voice. May you bless them as we go. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, and hopefully you can join us for our next events. Uh, April 30th, we'll be in New Orleans at the Hilton, and it's a total different format than this. Um, and then we will have, because we'll have praise and worship and music. It's more of a church service kind of thing for the women. And we'll do that then. July is our women's conference. And then we will be here again May the 23rd, I believe it is. We'll be here for the luncheon again. So God bless you. If you don't have to go and you want to hang around, feel free to do so. And visit with others, network, share your business cards, and get connected with others. We love you and have a wonderful day and a great week.